Have you googled church signs? There's, there's some really clever ones out there. Um, let me show you some that I have found. Uh, Adam and Eve, the first people to not read the Apple terms and conditions. How about this one? Social distancing does not apply to God. Draw near to him. Or this one. I hate this church. Signed, Satan. Find your faith and your fears will starve to death. Or life is fragile. Handle with prayer. Whoever stole our AC units, keep one. It's hot where you're going. <laughs> um, you know, if, if I was an alien from Mars trying to work out what a church was, uh, and if I, all I had to go on was church signs, it would be a bit confusing. Now, this search was just the start because I, I also googled benefits of being a Christian. And I came across this website that had an article titled Seven Perks of Being a Christian. And the subtitle was Seven Really Good Reasons to Give Up Everything and Live for Christ. Here they are. What do you think? One, receive a personal connection with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, a friend for life. Uh, think. Think about having a lifelong friend and companion, a mentor and a teacher, a role model to help in every situation in life. Now, Jesus is such a person for us. That's just reason number one. Number two, receive the Holy Spirit as a help and companion in your life. The Holy Spirit is sent from heaven to be a guiding presence and a power in our life. He guides us in all things. He's a helper for whatever happens. Number three, receive victory over sin and all the things that make you miserable. Here's the explanation. All the misery in this world is a result of sin. As Christians, we are called to get victory over all conscious sin. In other words, we can be free from everything that makes us miserable. Oh, who wouldn't want to be a Christian if that's the byline? Uh, number four, this, the fourth perk for being a Christian. Take on the virtues of Christ and be transformed into his image. Jesus spent his life victorious over all sin. He was free to bless people in all things because he didn't have sin on his conscience to hold him back. Here's the fifth perk, uh, happiness in the earthly life. The explanation, everywhere you look, people are wondering what the formula is for a happy life. It is a universal goal, but very few people come up with the answer. But as Christians, a happy life is promised to us exclamation mark. Number six, peace and rest. A life without worry. The world is a very uncertain place. Natural disasters, financial insecurity, economic crises. How can anyone possibly find rest in such a tumultuous time? But it is written, 
all things work together for good to those who love God. This means that no matter what happens in the world, God takes care of his children. Come what may, God will take care of those who love him. And then seventh, the seventh perk for being a Christian, uh, according to this website, is life in eternity as the bride of Christ. They say death is the greatest unknown in life. Fear of death can be the cause of much worry and anxiety. But Christians can go through life with the hope and certainty that they will always be with the Lord. Now, you know, I, I read these seven points and I asked myself, is this why I became a Christian? And you know what, to be honest, my answer has to be yes. I, I thought that this is what would happen when I became a follower of Jesus. But over the years, my, my understanding has, has changed. I'd like to say it's grown. My, my understanding of myself and my understanding of Jesus and the promises of God has, has changed. My journey with Jesus began quite selfishly. You know, I, I thought becoming a follower of Christ was the best option uh, for me to live a, a happy and contented life. And so I, I became a Christian for the blessings. But Jesus saved me for another reason. What is that reason? <laughs> Great question. Uh, Jesus himself gives the answer to that question. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, we read this. It, it's, we read, One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew. They were throwing a net into the water because they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will. Now, you know, if, if that's all that I had in my Bible, if, in other words, if I had to fill in the rest, I, I would probably say that Jesus completed the sentence by saying, I will make you into a better person I, or I will take away your loneliness. I will remove your anxiety. I will, I will save you from hell. I, I will teach you how to tell better jokes. <laughs> but, but that's not the way Jesus finished his sentence. He said, follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Now, that invitation, follow me and I will show you how to fish for people, that caused Peter and Andrew to, to leave their nets at once and immediately follow Jesus. Why did Peter and Andrew, and, and a few minutes later, James and John, on, on hearing this invitation to become fishers of men, why did they leave their nets, their boats, their, their fathers, their family business, and follow Jesus? Well, it makes a lot more sense if we understand the backstory. You, know, you can read it for yourself in, in Luke chapter 5. Um, there we see that Jesus had been teaching 
on the shore and, and the people were, were crowding in. They were pressing in on him. And so he, he got into a boat. It was Peter's boat. And he asked Peter to push a little bit off from the shore. And he, he carried on teaching from the boat. When he had finished teaching, he, he asked Peter to, to push out into the deep water and, and to lower his fishing nets. Now, you need to know Peter had been fishing all night and he had caught nothing. By the way, all fishermen of the day, they, they knew that the, the best time to catch fish in the Sea of Galilee was at night. And so Peter thought this was a bad idea and he told Jesus. He, he said, you know, I, we've been out all night and we caught nothing. And he, he possibly mumbled under his breath, and I'm a fisherman and you're a rabbi. If he didn't say it out loud, he, he would have thought it. But then he turned to Jesus and he said, but because you say so, I'll do it. He's possibly thinking, I'll show you, I'll prove to you that there's no fish here. So he lets the nets down and suddenly, suddenly there are so many fish that, that as he begins to try and pull them up, the nets begin to tear. He can't pull them out the water. And so he has to call James and John to come and help in their boat. And, and you know, there were so many fish that both boats nearly sank. It was the biggest catch they'd ever had. In fact, it was quite possibly the biggest catch anyone had ever had. Perhaps this was the equivalent to winning the lottery. You know, now, in this miracle, Peter, Andrew, James and John, they they saw who Jesus really was. And Peter fell to his knees and he, he said, Lord, leave me because I, I am a sinful man. And Jesus' reply to that was, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for men. Now, Jesus not only taught fishermen how to fish, but in this one miracle, he, he provided for two families' financial needs. Peter, Andrew, James and John, they were not walking away from their family responsibilities because their fathers were now able to sell these fish and they were going to be quite comfortable. And this miracle also gave the, the young fishermen a, a choice. You know, it's, it's easy to walk away from nothing, but walking away from a small fortune Oh, that's a much tougher decision. And Jesus also showed them that he knew their job even better than they did themselves. And now he was going to redirect their efforts to fishing for men. So when I asked the question, what caused them to leave their nets and follow Jesus? You see, they thought to themselves, if he knows how to do our jobs better than we do, he must know what he's talking about. And now he wants to teach me a new skill. I'm in. Pick me. Pick me. And you know, this is the same life that Jesus invites you and I into to follow him. 
He, he wants us to become fishers of men. And we're not just going to be following for the blessings only. The blessings are there. Don't misunderstand this. But Jesus did say that he's come to give us life to the full. But the blessings are more of a byproduct. They're not the main purpose. The main purpose, what we need to know is that followers fish. Now you might be thinking, you know, Andy, that's, that's easy for you to say because it's your job to tell people about Jesus. But you know what I and, and every other pastor thinks? Is that it's easier for you to reach people because you're not a full-time pastor. You see, the truth is, Every one of us thinks that someone else can do a better job than we can. But think again of the lesson that, that Jesus taught Peter. He said, you, you couldn't catch any fish. You were out all night. But if and when you listen to me, you can be way more successful. You see... Jesus is not asking us to do the impossible. He's, he's asking us to do what we have been uniquely created to do. So I, I'm not a fisherman. I, I don't even like fishing, for, for fish that is. But I do know one thing from fishing. Different fish respond to different bait. And that applies to fishing for people as well. You see, I, I can reach people that you can't and you can reach people that I can't. But the point is, followers fish. That's what it's all about. So Jesus said, follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. So if, like me, you, you began your Christian journey, perhaps with selfish motives, we need to realize that Jesus has called us for a purpose. And that purpose is way more than saving us from hell. He's going to show us how to introduce our family and our friends to God. And so let me close by giving you some homework and reading you a story. First, the homework. I, I want you this week to, to go up to a complete stranger Look them in the eye and say, Jesus loves you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. That's not your homework, okay? Um, what I want you to do is to write a letter to the person who introduced you to Jesus. That person that God used to draw you closer to him. It may be a teacher, it may be a parent, it may be a sibling, it may be a friend. That person may actually be in heaven already, which is why you don't need to give the person the letter. The purpose of writing the letter is for you to be grateful to the follower who was brave enough to fish for you. You see, the, the message of the gospel is powerful. But it always comes wrapped up in a messenger. Be the messenger. And now for the story. Now it came to pass that a group existed who called themselves fishermen. And lo, 
there were many fish in the waters all around. In fact, the whole area was surrounded by streams and lakes filled with fish. And the fish were hungry. Week after week, month after month, and year after year, those who called themselves fishermen met in meetings and they talked about their call to fish, the abundance of fish and how they might go about fishing. Year after year, they carefully defined what fishing means. They defended fishing as an occupation and they declared that fishing is always to be the primary task of fishermen. Continually, they searched for new and better methods of fishing and for new and better definitions of fishing. Further, they said the fishing industry exists by fishing as fire exists by burning. They loved slogans such as fishing is the task of every fisherman. They sponsored special meetings called fishermen's campaigns and the month for fishermen to fish. They sponsored costly nationwide and worldwide congresses to discuss fishing and to promote fishing and to, and to hear about all the ways of fishing, such as the new fishing equipment, fish calls, and whether any new bait had been discovered. These fishermen built large, beautiful buildings called fishing headquarters. The plea was that everyone should be a fisherman and that every fisherman should fish. One thing they did not do, however, they didn't fish. In addition to meeting regularly, they organized a board to send out fishermen to other places where there were many fish. The board hired staff and appointed committees. They held meetings to define fishing, to defend fishing, and to decide what new streams should be thought about. But the staff and committee members did not fish. Large, elaborate and expensive training centers were built whose original and primary purpose was to teach fishermen how to fish. Over the years, courses were offered on the needs of fish, the nature of fish, where to find fish, the psychological reactions of fish, how to approach and feed fish. Those who taught had doctorates in fishology, but the teachers did not fish. They only taught fishing. Year after year, after tedious training, many were graduated and were given fishing licenses. They were sent to do full-time fishing, some to distant waters which were filled with fish. Many who felt the call to be fishermen responded. They were commissioned and sent to fish. But like the fishermen back home, they never fished. They engaged in all kinds of other occupations. They, they built power plants to pump water for fish, tractors to plow new waterways. They made all kinds of equipment to travel here and there and look at fish hatcheries. Some also said they wanted to be part of the fishing party, but they felt called to furnish fishing equipment. Others felt their job was to relate to the fish in a good way so that the fish would know the difference between good and bad fishermen. Others felt that simply letting the fish know they were nice, um, land-loving neighbors, and, and how loving and kind they were, and they felt that that was enough. After one stirring meeting on the necessity for fishing, one young fellow left the meeting and he went fishing. The next day he reported that he had caught two outstanding fish. 
He was honoured for his excellent catch and scheduled to visit all the big meetings possible to tell how he did it. So he quit his fishing in order to have time to tell about the experience to other fishermen. He, he was also placed on the fishermen's general board as a person having considerable experience. Now it's true that many of the fishermen sacrificed and put up with all kinds of difficulties. Some lived near the water and bore the smell of dead fish every day. They received the ridicule of some who made fun of the fishermen's clubs and, and the fact that they claimed to be fishermen but never fished. They wondered about those who felt it was of little use to attend the weekly meetings to talk about fishing. After all, were they not following the master who said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men? Imagine how hurt some were when one day a person suggested that those who don't catch fish were really not fishermen, no matter how much they claim to be. Yet it did sound correct. Is a person a fisherman if year after year he never catches a fish? Is one following if he isn't fishing? Let's pray together. Jesus, what a privilege. What a privilege to be on the receiving end of an invitation from you to follow you because you are going to make us into fishers of men. We thank you for, for the blessings that, that we receive as, as part of this journey, but, but help us not to lose sight of the reason why you have called us. I, I pray too now for those who have not yet responded to your invitation. If, if that's you, if, if you're listening to this message and, you know, as, as I'm talking, uh, it's a strange thing. Your heart's beginning to beat a little bit faster as, as you realize this. This is actually the moment where, where you are hearing the, the call of Jesus, perhaps for the first time. Maybe you did this before, but you know that deep within you've got to respond to the call of Jesus. Now is the time. And so won't you, won't you respond to this invitation? You, you now know better than what I did when I first responded. You, you know what this is all about. Uh, Jesus has, has, has protected you on life's journey up until this point so that you can be an influence and, and you can save those who are heading towards a a whole lot of wrong decisions which are going to bring hurt you can save them from that and and your life and and the friendship and the relationships that you have with those people is what god is going to use to pull them out of that situation won't you respond to jesus right now you can do it by by praying praying along with me you can use the words i'm going to pray or you can you can change them in your own heart that, that that's fine 
But here it goes something like this. Jesus, I, I know that I've done wrong. I've, I've rejected. I, I intentionally have not responded to your call up until this moment. But, but right now, I, I choose to follow you. And like Peter and Andrew and James and John and the other disciples, they, they left behind uh, all that they, they had worked for up until that moment. I, I want to leave behind my dreams, my goals, my ambitions, because those are just so selfish. And I know that what you have in store for me is, is so much better. And so I want to respond to your call today. Make me into a fisher of men as I choose to follow you today. Amen. Now, if, if you prayed that uh, prayer and you, you really meant it, I, I encourage you to, to get hold of a Bible and, and begin to read it prayerfully. Pray, read, pray, read, pray, read continually. Start with, with one of the biographies about Jesus um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and, and begin to read and pray through those and, and allow Jesus to bring about that change in your heart, which is going to turn you into a contagious fisher of men. May God bless you abundantly.